0: Welcome to Breaking History. My name is Sean Morgan. I'm a host over at Amp News and this show is all about unpacking the breaking news through the context of suppressed history. We're here with our resident historian, Matt Eret, the editor of the Canadian Patriot Review. So Matt, really interesting news this week. Uh, Two two interesting things. One is uh, in the Canadian Parliament, they're honoring uh, Nazis, trying to twist the the past as if uh, they were some kind of war heroes fighting the soviets a- and uh, at the same time zelensky is honoring uh marina Abram- abramovich the uh, satanist as an ambassador to ukraine for some kind of children's program so uh let's talk about this thing is this a new thing in canada or has this been done before
1: yeah i guess first up um I gotta say, if anybody was a little bit confused about which side of history they should be on, that confusion should be completely eliminated at this point. <laughs> the Satanists and the Nazis are really like doubling down in uh, in brotherly love and showcasing their true face. I mean, any any pretense of being um, on the side of angels has really gone out the window. So, as you pointed out, you yes, <laughs> Zelensky just appointed Maria Abramovich. Uh, leading witch, uh, Satanists, high priestess, guru of the deep state, um, and poor sacri- sacrificial freaks like Lady Gaga, who see this woman as her personal guru, spirit cooker. She is now appointed ambassador for children's health in Ukraine. And then you have, at the same time, in the same breath, as you just pointed out, the entire Canadian parliament brought together for an, a, a ceremony honoring a particular World War II veteran. And we all love World War II veterans, but not all World War II veterans are created equal. Because the, this particular scandal, I mean, I'm sure everybody knows about this, was uh, erupted when this Ukrainian fighter in World War II, uh, Yaroslav Honka, was discovered to have been a uh, an SS Galicia Division uh nazi that was honored by everybody when zelensky came to canada and you know you have a picture of zelensky and christia freeland and trudeau all together but the whole parliament is getting up in arms apparently this guy came on the invitation of the speaker of the house who had to resign yesterday afternoon um in uh, an embarrassment and in the course of the speech (laughs) <laughs> in the speech that, that the Speaker of the House gave honoring this guy, who, by the way, this guy met with Justin Trudeau in his personal office. They had four notice, They knew exactly who this guy was. Uh, in the speech uh, in Parliament, the Speaker actually said this man fought against, in World War II, against the Russians. So they didn't even make an allusion to the idea that, they, that he was fighting against the Nazis or fighting for freedom. It was fighting, he said it in the speech, fighting against the Russians which means if you're in World War II and you're fighting against the Russians, you know what side of a war you're on. (laughs) So all that to say, this has become a really healthy scandal because Trudeau has uh, been plastering this this branding that anybody opposing his policies, which is the Davos World Economic Forum depopulation policies, is a Nazi. Whether you're a trucker standing up for your freedom, um, whether you're uh, somebody who is vax-hesitant, you are a Nazi and he's thrown this stuff around wildly. But now that you're actually acting like a Nazi, destroying people's lives and freedoms for simply questioning the government or honoring Nazis, directly literal Nazis, all of a sudden, uh, now you're embarrassed. And Justin came out with this, this speech or this very lame apology saying, um, this is Putin propaganda. <laughs> yeah, right. right.
0: Anything that embarrasses them is is, uh, Putin propaganda. And a bio-clandestine shared this uh, great meme right here where, you know, you just have this contradiction. uh, Like you pointed out, they're so anti-Nazi until it comes to the war in Ukraine and then they're pro-Nazi, you know. But this could be a good thing. This kind of cognitive dissonance could make people wake up, you know. What do you think? Do you think that this, this is an opportunity to, to wake people oh, yeah. up or do you think we need something way bigger?
1: Well, I mean, you know, the, the, the bad guys never let, them, uh, never let a good crisis go to waste. I, I don't think we should let a good scandal go to waste either. And I mean, I, I think that this is a uh, an opportunity to speak about things that were supposed to be unspeakable. And I think that the righteous indignation felt in the, across the, both Canada but also the world, I mean, the world is watching this completely um, devastatingly embarrassing hubris that, that um, I think that the, the oligarchy managing the narratives has gotten a little bit too secure with the power of their propaganda. And um, I mean, so what I'm about to say is going to touch on what I didn't say. And I should have said regarding our, our opening remarks, which was, did this come out of nowhere? What's the historic roots? Now, of course this didn't come out of nowhere. This, there are historic roots, um, and it has been a little bit too normalized. There, I mean, many of the Ukrainians who actually fought in World War II were fighting on the side of the Allies. They were fighting with the Russian army or in the Russian army against the Nazis. But you did have a large contingent, especially of this uh, Galicia division, that had their own view of an ethnically pure Ukraine. These are people who, um, I mean, there there are up, upwards of thirty thousand volunteers who collaborated directly with the nazis killing poles slavs jews throughout world war ii these were people who were largely the followers of people like stefan bandera and a whole mythology was created for them um almost like a religion of a, uh, of, a of a back to nature and this idea that they they are the pure heirs of uh of the uh um the the the, they were the pure bloods, the pure Vikings it, the same war.
0: mythology uh, that the Nazis in Germany had right they, they were the yeah, Ubermen
1: different little variations on a theme the Finnish the, the Finland uh, Nazi collaborators as well. Fin- Finland was also in a, in a war with against Russia during World War II, Um, under um, uh, Mannerheim, Carl Gustav Mannerheim who was the head of the army. Um, they also had their own greater Finland ethnically pure ideology that they were the pure race. And they, thus everybody was in agreement that that there was a blood and soil like religion that had endowed their particular ethnically pure people, whatever that even means, ethnically pure. I mean, it's you know, you're dealing with thousands of years of, of intermarrying, but whatever. They all have their own religion. But they're they're that,
0: actually right? killing people that are of their, their, their own race. Uh, in yeah, New if you like so. out of my
1: country, that, that God granted my people of my pure race, then we have to we are legitimately ordained with the right to kill you in any way possible, torture and kill, which is what happened to 90, 90 to 100,000 uh, Poles, Slavs, others. This is the reason why a lot of Ukrainians were okay since 2014, massacring upwards of 14,000 of their own fellow Ukrainians on the east of Ukraine when there was a constant civil war from 2014 to the Russian Special Military Operation, the SMO. 14,000, uh, mostly civilians were massacred. And the those who are carrying it out, were the third the second third and even fourth generation nazis in ukraine who had been groomed and cultivated by the cia by mi6 since world war ii many of those leading killers were not punished at nuremberg um but were brought out um of ukraine or remained there and became part of nato's secret armies i mean you know we we had something something like 16 different high-level nazis after world war ii ran multiple departments of NATO, including the Central and Eastern European branch of NATO uh, command centers, which was all done with the idea that everything that involves fighting Russians is thus justifiable, even, even killer fascist Nazis is justifiable, but not just working with them, but employing them to manage things like Re- uh, Reinhard Gehling, Hitler's top intelligence chief, became in charge of West German intelligence. He founded the Bundeswehr today's german intelligence agency that was reinhard galen and his entire network of thousands of nazis were reconstructed bandera who was a, a leading killer and and today a celebrated hero of ukraine he's actually he was made a hero of ukraine in 2004 after the first george soros funded color revolution brought in a western puppet regime um and they immediately made bandera uh, a, a hero who has been remade a hero once more with the uh, the Maidan, the U.S. launched and organized Maidan in 2014. Now, Bandera worked with, he was brought into Germany. So was Mykola Lebed, both of whom were head leaders of the Organization of Ukrainian Nationalists. That was the the fascist art army in Ukraine working with the Nazis. They were both brought in to work with Reinhard Galen in Germany. And in the case of uh, Mykola Lebed, he was employed by the cia he died in the late 80s and he was employed specifically to rewrite history for the ukrainians which became taught in all ukrainian schools it grew it it, it basically made world war ii appear as though the real bad guys were the russians and the nazis weren't so bad and um and this is where Today you have statues erected of Stefan Bandera and Mikola Lebed, streets named after them, celebrations. As these uh, these creatures are begging, their followers are begging to get into NATO, which again is uh, was run by Nazis <laughs> for much of. So
0: the- who really won World War II If uh, if the Nazis and their their talent, so to speak, uh, rises to the ranks of leadership, and how about? how about in Italy and and, in Japan and different places did were the fascists able to keep their seats of power?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, um, in the case of Italy, you had what was known as Operation Gladio, which was the uh, Italian branch of NATO secret armies. Every country had their own, uh, Nazi fascist run secret army operation through NATO's offices. Um, the most well-known was Operation Gladio. It's the, it means the sword in Italian. Now after World War Two, the first elections were in Italy were uh, taking place with the uh, Republican socialists. So these were people who did the most to sacrifice and fight against fascism during before and during World War Two. Um, they had a massive amount of appeal pop in, in terms of the population. They were go- they were about to sweep the elections and come out victorious in um, in the first official Democratic election after Mussolini would, had been killed and Mussolini was eliminated by Churchill's people because he he did know too much. Um, but that had to be subverted and undone. So there was a, a huge amount, the, the approach that was taken by J. Edgar Hoover in America was the same approach taken by the CIA, which was managing the, the Italian political and especially intelligence apparatus after World War II. And here I'm referring to what's known as COINTELPRO, Um, COINTELPRO was something that came to light during the Church Committee hearings in the U.S. Congress in 1975, which was J. Edgar Hoover's operation to subvert um, any type of anti-imperial civil rights organization like Martin Luther King's organization or Malcolm X or anybody, um, subvert them with uh, with FBI operatives in order to create internal strife, destroy them from within, assassinate their leaders like they did to Martin Luther King and, and Fred Hampton as well. And then radicalize them. So take your F- your FBI operatives and promote terrorist activity that would then radicalize them and, and un- undermine any of the, the same moral leadership that might be there. So that there's nothing coherent, right? And that the population will then hate those anti-imperial agencies. So this was done with the Red Brigades in Italy. So the 1960s, the 70s especially, were known as the Years of Lead terrorist activity, which was run by these same CIA operatives that collaborated closely with leading unreconstructed fascists that had a vision of a new world order that failed to be achieved in the 1940s, but they always were promised that there would be a new opportunity to get it. And in Japan, the same thing was done there too. And Oh, and by the way, the, the Italian fascists and the, the mafia, the Sicilian, the Corsican mafia worked always very, very closely together. That's an important part. And the Jewish mafia, the mayor Lansky uh, syndicates as well, but they were all part as Whitney Webb demonstrates in her book on, uh, uh, what's it called uh, oh, she has a new book series called uh, One Nation Under Blackmail, Volume One and Two. I highly recommend people read these because it does demonstrate that the mafia was a necessary component of a broader intelligence infrastructure that involved the normalization of um, drugs, uh, the laundering of drugs, the maintenance of criminal networks in various countries that would always be obedient to uh, the banking elites in London and Wall Street that used intelligence agencies to advance their agenda of suppressing nationalist movements. So the drug component, whether in South America or whether in uh, in Europe or beyond, was always part, needed the mafia to be part of it. You needed organized crime, but you had a, a hierarchy of obedience within organized crime. And that was largely, like I said, interfacing with the fascists. And this is, again, why when you look at people like... Um, Henry Luce, who was the founder of Time Magazine and ran Time Magazine, very closely affiliated with David Lawrence Rockefeller, Nelson Rockefeller throughout the 1940s, 50s, 60s. Henry Luce was part of what turned the USA into a this idea of a basket-based one, you know, uh, empire, uh, this new American century. But he was also promoting Mussolini eight times. Mussolini was Times Man of the Year before the end of World War II. And he continued to promote this as the economic miracle solution for the world and America especially. Um, The Japanese, same thing. Unfortunately, the entire U.S. bioweapons infrastructure was designed by um, Hiro Ishii and the entirety of his Unit 731, which was the biowarfare unit of Japan that carried out destructive, evil satanic experimentation on POWs, Chinese... Uh, captured civilians russians throughout world war ii and their talents were so good they were kind of like doing Mengele stuff but worse even and they were all given new jobs in the 1940s 50s in fort detrick maryland um helping to organize the strategy for u.s bio warfare against its own citizens like the tuskegee experiments were one aspect of seeing what would be the long-term effects of syphilis on black populations, starting in the 1930s, all the way up until the late 70s, um, these were black people who were, you know, treated as as subhuman garbage by these <laughs> social, uh, engineers. And they were they were told you're getting you're getting drugs and, and treatment to help your syphilis, but in fact they were they were being given syphilis and no treatment just to see how the effects of decay and death would occur, um, such that it yeah. could then be. Used so, also sounds exactly
0: like. Nazi fascist experimentation. So there's a there's a lineage here of, of an ideology uh, that, that continues. It seems like during World War II and before, fascism was out in the open, and then after World War II, fascism went undercover, under different names and under different guises. Uh, and a lot of the Nazis were were embedded, uh, you know, in these different different industries. It seems like they didn't want to get let good talent go to waste. And so then they they you know, inscripted these uh, different types of experts in the deep state type of system, intelligence experts, medical experts, uh, rocketry experts, military experts. Uh, in, in a lot of these different countries, I'm in South America, in Brazil, a lot of the Nazis went to, to Argentina. But um, it just the fascism continued, the the, the families uh, and the power uh, continued. Uh, so we, we get told the story about World War II, that, that the Allies absolutely crushed Germany and Japan, and then we just graciously rebuilt the countries. But if you think of it the other way around, that, that really uh, Germany and Japan have been two of the best performing uh, economies of the past century, uh, half a century after World War II. So, why did the losers do so well? Right?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great paradox, and and it's one that people shouldn't let go of because they they were they became and it. We often forget it or we take it for granted that all of a sudden those nations that we were we were working arm in arm with to fight the danger of a new world fascist order run by Nazis and and transhumanists and in, in the form of eugenicists, right? Who believed in global depopulation, like Hitler did. Um, and a purification of the of the human race. Um, all of a sudden, those those people we fought alongside to stop that became our enemies. And all of a sudden, our enemies that we fought became our allies. And we, it happened relatively smoothly. It was just a few years, really, of of hardcore trauma, brainwashing, and propaganda to to get people to shift gears mentally as far as the zeitgeist and adapt wow. to this new reality. And and it's me not in nineteen eighty
0: four. There were three three nation states, and then two of them were fighting, and one were allies, and then they just switched every once in a while. So it's just constant war, constant war, where the enemy and the ally constantly shifted or switched. Yeah. Um, let, let's talk about the supporters who make Badlands necessary. We've got some great companies, great patriots. I want to play a video here of of David Becker. Let's let's play play this, and then we'll. Talk about it just
1: a second. I can't hear the sound.
0: Yeah. That's, let me, let me, uh, well, you share sound
1: too. Usually with these sharing videos, there's usually an option that says share sound as well.
0: Well, let me just uh, read the script here. Yeah, just a second. Sure. So yeah, so Mid-Atlantic Business Alliance. Are you dreading the arrival of those annual insurance renewals and rate hikes this fall? The high cost of medical insurance is about to get even more daunting, but there's hope on the horizon. Call David Becker at Mid-Atlantic Business Alliance at 609 577 8557. Let us know how you can make a real difference in your healthcare coverage. So that's a great, great company, anything healthcare insurance related, uh, for your employees. If you're self-employed, check that out. And also we have another sponsor here.
2: Mosquitoes transmit malaria, West Nile and encephalitis. A tick bite can give you Lyme disease or an allergy to red meat. These diseases can make you and your loved ones very sick. Fortunately, Zone Protect stands in the gap for your health. Zone is made with picaridin, which is DEET-free. Zone offers 12-hour protection against mosquitoes, ticks, chiggers, gnats, and no see Zone Protect is non-oily, non-greasy. It is safe and effective. Choose Zone Protects insect repellent made with picaridin. Drop the D. Enjoy your outdoor life again. Protect your loved ones. Zone Protects. Protecting what matters most. You can buy Zone Protects online. Just use this QR code and save 10% using the promo code BADLANDS.
0: And we also have 5280 Distilling run by three friends from Littleton, Colorado. It's a family business. The team at 5280 went to school together, played sports together, worked together in the spirited endeavor. And they use innovative distilling techniques, fresh and organic ingredients, crisp Rocky Mountain water to produce an excellent distilled spirit. And Colorado water is a legit game changer, but it's not just the water. You can taste 5280's passion in every sip. So let's talk about some of these spirits. They're Cackler's Whiskey Blends. Traditional bourbon and 5280 mellows the spice by combining traditionally aged bourbon with accelerated aged rye bourbons for a refined taste. And this exceptionally smooth bourbon-style whiskey hints of sweet honey and light smoke with a very mellow finish. And then there's the Hearthstone Irish Whiskey. And in this one, 5280 combines new and old traditions, blending a three-year-old Irish whiskey with rye whiskeys, bringing forth a surprisingly sweet floral fragrance, with hints of toasted oak and vanilla. These incredible products and many others can be shipped to 34 states, so check the website for availability. And they're offering free shipping for purchases over $95, and that's a great deal, considering that these glass bottles are heavy and the Biden supply chain crisis has sent shipping costs to the moon. So you can get 10% off if you order at 5280distilling.com using the promo code BADLANDS. And also Benson Honey Farms is a favorite. Let's play that one. So Benson Honey Farms, you can indulge in the authentic, unpasteurized, 100% natural honey. And this one is a real favorite of a lot of the Badlands hosts. I haven't been able to try it yet, but I know my old co-host, Burning Bright, said it's one of his favorites. Can't forget the uh, barbecue barbecue unique smoky sauce, tangy yet sweet with their very own honey. It's a really nice uh, thing to add for your cookouts. And if you're craving something sweet, they have honey infused candies as well. So go to BensonHoneyFarms.com to make an order and remember to use that rep code Badlands. All right, so you know, what about Maria Abramovic? Uh, what's her lineage in all of this? I mean, uh, I really got to thank Q and all of those researchers who who brought this to the kind of public consciousness to the point where when Microsoft tried to make her their spokesperson, you had thousands of negative comments and they had to pull to the whole campaign. So everyone knows now about spirit cooking and how evil it is and how all the hollywood people and the podestas are involved with it so uh what's the background with her her family and why is she in that photo with uh rothschild with the satans uh summoning his his legions uh portrait in the background
1: well um i'm not an expert on all things abramovich and what you just said are some uh, some clear points uh that for anybody who is still a little bit, again, confused about the nature of what is the what is really organizing, what is the organizing principle of the transatlantic rules-based international order? That's it right there. Um, there is a long continuity of the occult inside of these um, power structures of empire. The Nazis, and we'll keep it, I guess, themed on this. The Nazis themselves had their own uh, Gnostic occult um, priesthood that organized the leading figures within the SS, Hermann Goering, um, Himmler. A, a lot of these figures were devoted followers of what's known as the Thula Society. Um, this is a, a, a secret society that had their own Templar mythos. Um, there was even like 12 knights at one of these crazy castles. and They would do all sorts of sacrificial rituals in order to re-invoke um, Baal, met different variations on the same satanic theme back in before and during World War II. Um, this particular grouping grew out of, of, of the theosophists. So back in the 19th century, you had a grouping of occult um, leaders around this woman named Helena Blavatsky, but it wasn't just her who professed to receive messages from beings in Tibet, right? Um, there's, there's new variations of the same thing today with Scientology, you know, um, and L. Ron Hubbard, who came out of the same sorts of networks with Aleister Crowley back in the 1930s, 40s. L. Ron Hubbard and Crowley were were performing, you know, Babylonian uh, sex magic in the desert to try to give birth to, uh, to Satan. In fact, Crowley thought he was Satan, and they were all trying to give birth to Satan. It, uh, it's kind of weird. L. Ron Hubbard thought the same thing. And the newer variations of it have usually looked a little bit, they involved some sci-fi UFO elements like we're you know there there's hubbard who said he was getting these telepathic messages from uh, using his clairvoyance from other dimensions um and you've got people who perceive that they get messages from beings living on the rings of saturn like the nine (laughs) but they're all variations of the same theosophical occult seance crap that was big in the psychical research uh, bureau of british intelligence back in the 19th century that was sort of one of the core you know Arthur Conan Doyle, Lord Balfour, who organized things like the uh, the Balfour Accords that gave rise to the state of Israel. That was Lord Balfour. Ironically, a, a radical anti-Semite who hated the Jews, who uh, wanted to, who just devoted his life to giving them a homeland that that they would all find a pure race, and a pure happiness within. No, that was always for geopolitical manipulation, but they were all off group um, devoted followers. And, and members of the Bureau for Psychical Research, of which the Theosophists were one branch. In the 1910 period, um, there was a splitting up within the, the Theosophical groups. Um, one group uh, was founded by this guy Guido von List, he was, and he called it the sophists, The Ariosophists, And Guido von List was at the heart of modern Nazism. Um, so the Thule Society emerged out of his organization, which had a, a particular, again, mystical occult view of the purity of the Viking ancient race that fought against the Christians in their pagan purity of the folk, the folk people of, of uh, northern Europe um, who fought against the ignorant Christian movements of Charlemagne and, and others who, who were just so ignorant and backwards. But they were the pure ones. And they're the ones who who um, who who destroyed the the impure Rurik you know, so Rurik dynasty of the Russians, working very closely with the Mongols, who, by the way, both the the Vikings and the Mongols, especially when you look at things like the Norman the Norman invasion of England and the, the Mongol invasion of the world, were both of them were were assets for Venetian intelligence and Venetian banking. Venice had Well, wow,
0: you said before it all goes back to, to that to that. Um and I guess even farther back to, to Babylon. And it's amazing when you talk about the occult and you talk about Baal and Bath and stuff. If people just read the Old Testament, they're gonna get a lot of context for for this battle of, of good versus evil and, and some of the ideology uh, yeah. sacrifice and so forth that, that the Satanists have.
1: Oh yeah. Oh absolutely, yeah. And I mean <clears throat> it, it it's 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 of course wrapped in a, in a sort of language you have to, you have to do more research about and understand the, the specifics of the geopolitical terrain that was shaping the world that, that was, that was real for those who were writing the books of the old Testament, but you can get a lot out of it. There's this should be treated much more seriously as a point of serious research, but the world was shaped by mystery religions, Gnostic cults, pagan rituals, human sacrifice, um, I mean, the 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 ball worship involved the the ritualistic sacrifice of the firstborn um, of families, children, um, as a way to tap into the spirit forces of other dimensions. And and there's a whole cosmology around that. But that's how the oligarchy both groomed their own elites was by creating these these rituals that would be dehumanizing as you move through the mysteries, often proto LSD drugs were, were utilized to facilitate the the depatterning of the minds and identities of those who would be selected to become the leaders of the oligarchical m- m- machinations in the next generation. So how do you how do you do that? Well drugs help there were things like um, LSD comes from plant blight you know um, like little little uh, uh, fungus that grows mold. From- molds that grows on wheat that, that has a hallucinogenic property and certain people said, oh we can use that uh, to give people a new sense of spirituality Mescaline also is derived from cactuses and that's something that's been used in various shamanistic religions and you know a lot of this stuff has has a natural sort of root you could find in nature and a lot of the ancient priesthoods and voodoo voodoo practices even of Africa uh, in within South America the 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 Olmecs the the Aztecs degenerated at different times into these drug-laced spiritualities that involved a lot of human sacrifice. Anybody who thinks that pre-Columbian, you know, native culture was this pure, perfect, uh, peaceful civilization has a lot to learn. Look, there's a lot, there were mass ritual human sacrifices of the Aztecs. And there was a lot of inter, inter warfare between various um, kingdoms within the Americas. That being said, There was also a high point of civilization, in some cases, much more advanced scientifically and culturally in the Americas going back to the Olmecs than we had at the same period in time throughout Europe. So there were very, very high level advances in civilization, which modern anthropologists, Jesuits, especially from the 17th century onward, have been working systematically to destroy, to convince the natives of North and South America that their identity is a pure people untainted by agriculture, technology, and they're they're just natural the way they are <laughs> in buffalo, um with low living standards. And they did the same thing to the Africans, you know, there there's there, there's things like the Yoruba kingdoms. There's so much evidence that before colonialism went into Africa as a suppressive force, you had very advanced, advanced civilizations in various kingdoms across the continent of Africa. And I mentioned the Yoruba kingdom of uh, of nigeria look at the, the google artwork of of uh, yaruba um <clears throat> overlapping today's mali nigeria um, on the west coast this is like 13th century high but it, it, it has a renaissance quality of naturalistic art that is better in many ways than the, than the best art that was coming out or sculptures that were coming out of the european renaissance of the 15th 16th centuries this, what happened to that culture? We have the the relics of it, but imperialists went in and annihilated it, just like we did to Libya in 2011 when NATO uh, bombed the hell out of Libya to, to fight for freedom, right? We, we bombed them to freedom. And the first thing we, we destroyed was, one, their infrastructure. So we're, we're destroying the means by which civilians required to have access to clean water or electricity. That's what we bombed. And then we, we bombed the cultural centers, the museums. We did the same thing to Iraq when we bombed them in, in desert storm and then it we did it again in in uh the wake of 9-11 why because it's easier to control people who have no living memory of their past that that could give them dignity and, a, and an organizing right. principle destroy that you're good
0: and a sense Never- of pride in their culture that type of identity identifying yourself as part of a high culture yeah. uh, but instead you, you would view yourself as a uh Sub, sub, subservient to the new master uh, class that's ruling over you?
1: Well, it's interesting, right? Because y- yes, and at the same time, that new master class can now craft new synthetic identities and new synthetic cultures for you that are useful for geopolitical purposes. So what they did, let's say, for example, India, right? Now, we just had in Canada, Canada is a host, not just of a bunch of uh, un- unreconstructed Benderite Nazis, Um from Ukraine who were all brought in, given safe sanctuary in British Canada after World War II. So a lot of them, you know, were groomed here and given protection. Christia Freeland, our deputy uh, prime minister and handler of Justin, her grandfather, Mikhail Chomiak, was uh, a leading Nazi who, who ran the Nazi propaganda um, newspapers in Ukraine, helping to corral Jews and Poles and Slavs and murder them. Um, and he was given safe sanctuary here working closely with with Bandera and Lebed but you also have in, in India right we Canada is the host of one of the biggest uh Sikh separatist organizations in the world well who created this the, the you know the, the Khalistanis now the, the Kal- a, a Khalistani leader um, of the separatist movement who had their base of operations at the time in uh, in Vancouver was murdered about a week and a half ago now the Canadian government are are Patriotic intelligence agency CSIS released a classified report, elite anonymous information that, in fact, the Indian government of Modi directly carried out the kill of this person um, in, in Canada. Now, this has justified a total breakdown of all Canada Indian relations, right? We, we can't get a visa to travel to India anymore. Like, we're blaming India with no evidence that they did, that they just, you know, carried out a murder of a Canadian citizen. None of it's true. This is again, but where, where why is, what, what are the Kalistanis, the, the Sikhs, and this is not all Sikhs, this is a small sub minority of Sikhs who are, who are followers of this. Um, they want Punjab, the province of Punjab, to become its own separate, ethnically pure country, right? Expelled of all Muslims, of Hindus, and only have ethnically pure Sikhs. Where did this ideology for a separatist uh, Punjab that they say is called Pakistan come from? It came from British intelligence. It was a scholar at Oxford in the 1880s who innovated this idea. Actually, it was earlier in the 1850s. In the or, Yeah,
0: in, in the wake... Sorry, no, 18,
1: 1860. In the wake of one of the biggest um, anti-British revolts that involved both Sikhs and Muslims and Hindus together saying no more British exploitation. The British had been used, raping India as the crown jewel since the late 1780s. And uh, they organized controlled famine, depopulation. It was, a, a, they, they took India from being the second most powerful economy in the world in the 1790s. They had the most advanced textiles, most advanced engineering uh, capabilities. It was India right behind China at that time. And they consciously destroyed it so that all India was allowed to do was produce opium that would then be fed to China subdue and, in and china down all under under british east media control the, the the textile manufacturers had their hands cut off if they had skills at weaving you, you you had your hands cut off so that only the British could have the monopoly over textiles right and India would remain a raw materials exporter and instead India had their their museums their shrines their historical memories destroyed by the, the invaders the British and instead there was a the British Promoted this very crystallized caste system saying only the poor people are the Brahmins. They, and the Brahmins became the enforcers of the British control over India. So that only we needed to have 10,000 British troops in India managing like 400 million people because they had a local control system. Now, part of Khalistan, so Khalistan was the solution from these Oxford social engineers saying, okay, we can break up. This this resistance movement by getting each of the groupings to have their own view of their own country. That's where Pakistan came out of when Lord Montbatten, Mount, in 1945 46, who was the the, the Viceroy of, of India, he's the the person who, a, a rampant pedophile Satanist who uh, groomed Prince Prince Philip and Prince uh, now King Charles. That that Louis Mountbatten, who also brought in the UFO. Uh Syop, That was also Louis Melboton, who commissioned the first government sponsored UFO research team, but that's a side note. In 1946, <laughs> um, in 1946, he carved out, he said, okay, we're gonna give you now local control India. We'll we'll leave after World War II. But we'll but give us one year. And in that year, they basically said, Okay, we're gonna carve out this region that's today's Pakistan, and all of the Muslims that are that are distributed across India, we're gonna we're gonna put them all there. Some some Muslims were were indoctrinated and believed that yeah this is our ordained divine place to have our, our homeland for the Muslims nobody else and it became a bloodbath millions died in in axe murders and shit for cultivated by the British they said the same thing for the Sikhs they said okay we're gonna gr- have this divine land of, of of Punjab and we'll we'll make a, a, a an ethno nationalist identity for the Sikhs with their with their, their own deep history story going back. Hundreds or thousands of years, and uh, and that became the basis of a massive amount of terrorism. Um, thousands of people have been killed by uh, by this operation, and of course, and also drug money. So there were this operation of the the Kalistanis, which again emerged out of Oxford, an Oxford thinker. Um, it th- this this idea that this homeland is ours was needed money, and so part of right. the money came the funding for it, which so
0: if. If Pakistan and and Bangladesh and India were all a unified country and they were allowed to have a national identity, that would make them much more powerful to be able to, to be a military power against the other nation states, especially the British.
1: Yeah, and it it, it gets you out of this idea that to be a nation, you need to have some sort of an ethnically pure thing, which is how the the Nazis, all of the the fascist organizations that have been groomed by British imperial intrigue were all like sort of uh, stuck on this idea that the nation is the purity of your genetic. It's a blood and soil. It becomes a blood and soil cult. That's why why Lord Balfour was putting so much effort into the crafting of this carved out state in Palestine. That would become this Jewish ethnically pure Jewish state, whereby you you won't even be legally allowed to marry a non Jew if you lived in Israel, which is still unfortunately the case today. You can't. So it's all based on this uh, racial purification eugenics um, pseudoscience, and they did that with every every grouping. That's how they want to have the world is like a, a mosaic of, um, it's a, it's 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 a divided mosaic. They, so they don't like the idea of the American melting pot idea. You know, like if you get, it, look at the Statue of Liberty, that America is based on a nation of immigration, right? Like we're all from Europe in a sense. If you're a white person in America, it's because you immigrated to America. You're not a Native American per se, but even a Native American, there's no such thing as a pure Native American race. That's another thing that, that has been prom- promoted falsely by British uh, social engineers, often with their their American counterparts in the Bureau of, of Bureau of Ethnology or the Smithsonian Institute, going back to the nineteenth century, is that there's such a thing as this pure First Nations people. But it's like, what is a First Nation? Um, you, these are people who came in from China, in some case. Look at the, right. the Inuits of the North. They're, they're, there's definitely Mongolian uh, concepts. If there, there's there's Olmecs, black races that came in from Africa. There's people. Um, it's not like all of the blacks in North America came in through the slave trade. A lot of them were already there because the Olmecs, and you could go look at these ancient monuments from 1,000 BC of these these giant black, very clearly black African figures in South America um, that had, you know, incredibly advanced, intricate civilizations. So you had the, the whole world was was is is much different. Now the idea of a melting pot. And I say this just quickly because if you go to a lot of the reservations in Canada, you have to be—you have to prove that you're ethnically pure Native by a factor of something like eighty percent, and then you're allowed to live on the reservation. But if you're less than eighty percent, like natural-born Native blood, then you're not allowed to live on the reservation. You're only allowed to live. It's weird. So they're—they're they're doing this again. You see, um, right? Under the, the guise of
0: different. helping the the um, the poor. The poor um, persecuted class of people.
1: Yeah, it's always it's always the, the British Empire will always help the 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 a small group. They'll they'll build a victim identity in that small group that they wish to use in order for that small group to become weaponizable against a rival that the British ultimately really want to destroy. Not, but they're they're happy to ultimately destroy that small group that they're using. So they don't care about the uh, the victimized Taiwanese who have their own new Taiwanese identity, which is anti-Chinese that they've cultivated in the last twenty-five years. There's no such thing as a Taiwanese natural identity, which is distinct from mainland China, unless you're a native Taiwanese person who was there before Chiang Kai-shek left uh, China in the 1940s. If, if if then you might be a native person who actually could have some claim on that, but even there, you probably came from another. Uh, broader civilization and and built colonies you know hundreds or thousands of years ago Um, so that's what they're doing now but do you think that the the u.s military industrial complex cares about the taiwanese people's independence and democracy not at all they're happy to use them the way they've used the ukrainians as a battering ram in a war against russia or china but ultimately they're more than happy if they're if they're wiped off the map in a in the crossfire of a nuclear nuclear exchange they're perfectly happy with that. Same thing for the Japanese. Fascists.
0: Now that you mentioned nuclear exchange, you, you sent me uh, an interesting quote, uh, someone claiming that the Russians might use nuclear weapons again as if they used them in the past. That, that was actually the United States <laughs> who used them. So what is this type of language? Is this just one stupid person who made a faux pas? Or is this like a rewriting of history to make the Soviets or the Russians the nuclear aggressors?
1: Well, this is the thing, right? It's all the rewriting of history. And that person that I sent you who was giving the speech was Ursula van der Leyen, who's the president of the European Commission, who gave a speech describing in a heartfelt way how moved she was from the G7 that she was participating in in Japan, in Hiroshima, uh, describing the horrors of uh, of of the murder of these innocent people by nuclear terror, nuclear bombs that struck and defeated Japan and in the same breath, she never mentions the United States. Even one time, in the same breath, describing the horrors of nuclear bombing of Japan and Hiroshima and Nagasaki, she then says "And that's why we must never let the Russians terrorize us with nuclear weapons ever again. It's like, wait a minute. the Nuclear <laughs> weapons were only used once. It was by the United States against the wishes of the, of the better faction of the U.S. military, like Douglas MacArthur, who said he would never have permitted this, and he was fighting against it because it was understood. Japan was defeated by 1945. Uh, All that you had to do was cut the supply lines and wait till they gave up. It would just require a bit of patience. So the the, the dropping of the nuclear bombs was done purely as an Anglo-American assertion of hegemony as a message to other countries of the world that the time had come to submit national sovereignty to A Anglo-American New World Order of dominance after the Nazi machine had been put down, and if Franklin Roosevelt had been alive, he would never have let it happen. This was done specifically by Henry Truman, uh, Harry Truman, um, who who ushered in the CIA. He's the one who purged the U.S. intelligence of its uh, patriots when he disbanded the OSS and made sure that anybody who had a sense of Wall Street support for fascism and this entire deep state would. Would not have a job in the new, sec- they would not be getting security clearance. Your career would be ruined. You would be labeled a red commie uh, traitor, which happened to countless people in academia and government and military and the pol- in politics. Uh, uh, wa- Henry Wallace was a leading, a leading, um, person who was purged uh, and called the red communist. So, was Paul Robeson his, his ally? Um. And so, yeah, they, they created the CIA based on a, a, a British directed form of black operations, psychological warfare, assassination, really dirty operations and working with Nazis. They did the same thing with the UK USA signals agreement, the creation of the five eyes the, using the, the, the NSA as the a British hand in, a, in, a, in American uh, intelligence that would coordinate with GCHQ, with MI6, with the CIA in America, with RCMP operations within Canada. And we had our own CSA in Canada that then managed the, uh, the control of Nazi directed terrorist outfits, not uh, terrorist cells. Like I mentioned the red brigades, but you also had the weather underground, you had the FLQ. Um, you had many others in every that were nominally, um, Marxist Leninist terrorists of mostly young, stupid people on drugs and, and super sexed out of their eyeballs. Um, that were then used. But if you look behind the scenes, and books have been written on this, my wife has written a book on this, It's these were not run by the Kremlin or Beijing. These were run by the same Nazis and fascists and Alan Bellis um, that wanted to create a climate of terror, right? So you have foreign intelligence agencies, just like they, they do today, where the FBI has have their own people either infiltrating uh, freedom groups right. or just creating... Mm-hmm. Um, racist neo-Nazi freedom groups, nominally or, freedom or groups. let's hey. just say it out loud, the school shootings. I
0: mean, it's, that
1: is a type of
0: terrorism that has been subjected to us domestically. And people always, you know, the, the common kind of ignorant person in America assumes that it was just some random crazed teenager that has done this. but And yet there's usually... Uh, a psychiatrist handler connected. There's usually intelligence assets uh, close to to that person. Uh, Usually that person was already on the radar, already had a relationship with the intelligence uh, agents. So, you know, that is something that's now this kind of new truth movement that's emerged has just come to terms with and shared their research about how school shootings uh, have been a type of domestic terrorism from our own government.
1: You know, on that point, uh, and you're totally right. I I dare anybody to try to like find an authentically naturally arising shooting, either in a school, in a public setting, or even an act of terror. That's just naturally arising with no, no, no internal Coordination or anything by intelligence agencies or high level, and no cover <laughs> up afterwards, <laughs> and no cover up. Yeah, try to find that. I, I don't even believe that these things are really maybe once in a while, maybe once in a blue moon, but this is not really a phenomenon, uh, that's natural at all. Um, and, and Fordham University conducted a study back in 2013. Very hard to find the original study, it's almost been wiped of the internet, uh, from the internet now, but um, in it. They evaluated every single case, I think something like 240 known cases of terrorist incidences that were intervened upon, stopped by the FBI, only from 9-11 to the present. And they said not, they couldn't find a single case where there wasn't either one or more FBI informants within, uh, directly coordinating, providing blueprints, uh, plans, other things. Uh, All of these things were creations. And it's the same reason, the same logic behind why these these terrorist agencies at the time they were they were today it's like Islamic terrorism that was the new narrative after the Soviet Union melted down in 1992. They're like, well, we need some enemy to unite the people and and manipulate them around because we used to have this very convenient thing called Russia and communism, but now we won, right? Communism was was disintegrating, so now we need a new a new threat to and and before that we had war on terror. Yeah, war on terror—that became the thing. But before that, it was it was it was commies and and, and Kremlin-run um, Manchurian candidates and and things like that. That was our big enemy. And the whole time, when you scratch any of the stories of the the weather underground bomb making operation, the terrorism in Quebec, the terrorism across Europe, you'll always find the hand not of the Kremlin or Beijing, but always of Anglo-American intelligence. Always. Um, cause they want to create a climate of fear so that we would, and they did that in South America too. Right. So that every time you had, um, a, a, a nationalist leader, whether it was a Martin Luther King or a Bobby Kennedy or in a Salvador Allende who was standing up against the, against United Fruit, against the IMF, against the World Bank and trying to nationalize, um, different aspects of the privatized economy in, in, in opposition to the mafia run operations. This is what Fidel Castro was up against too. When, when he came into Cuba, Cuba was totally owned by United Fruit, which was an intelligence agency operation and Mayor Lansky and organized crime had like uh, a casino uh, monopoly over Cuba. That was, that was like, you know, totally hundred percent owned by wall street, London, the mafia and United Fruit. And that's what he kicked out. That's why they had like something like 300 different assassination attempts on Castro. I don't know how the hell he survived. But they did the <laughs> same thing to Allende El- when they killed Allende under Kissinger, and they, they put in Pinochet. Pinochet was being advised by unreconstructed Nazis who were brought into Chile via the rat line after World War II. They were all over Argentina as well. That's what uh, Pope Francis was working with when he was still just a, uh, the head of the Jesuit, Jesuit operations of, of Latin America in the 1970s. He was working with the right-wing fascist regime there. I'm forgetting the name that was being advised by um, Barbie. What's the name? Klaus Barbie, uh, whatever the, the high level Nazi SS operative who was like advising fascist regimes a- a- across uh, South America at, to kill um, resistance fighters and including priests who were, who were working with the peasants in fighting these different organized drug crime syndicates who are working with, with wall street. Um, the early, uh, you know, Pope Francis was working to call out and help kill and torture a lot of these people. Um, tens well, of now thousands. we know why Pope
0: Francis uh, rose to the top of that power structure uh, because that, that same um, intelligence kind of lineage that you described, the Anglo-American goes back to the Venetian, the Venetian goes back to the Babylonian, and of course the Catholic Church and the Jesuits uh, are part of that. The Jesuits are an intelligence uh, apparatus uh, people think that they're just uh, really smart priests <laughs> who really like starting universities or something like that <laughs> um we've got three minutes left i have a big question that you're going to have to really um condense mm. but we talked about nuclear war and it seems like russia's basically already one we talked uh, last week on my show sean morgan report about how uh, the famous journalist um who discovered, who researched the real uh, Nord Stream 2 terror attack is now no saying harsh. his con, yeah, yeah he's saying that basically uh, there is There's no more war in Ukraine, that, that the Ukrainian fighters will not do an offensive, there'll be a mutiny, and we're just dumping money into a lost cause. So if that's the case, uh, it seems like the deep state, NATO, the only thing they have left is a first strike against uh, Russia. So any comment on that before we, we, we wrap up and maybe we can just lead that into to next week.
1: Yeah, maybe we, we could, we'll definitely unpack that more next week, but that's a fear I have as well, um, that the, all of the, the scenarios that they had planned um, are not working out the way that they were supposed to. And the oligarchy, I, I, I know for a fact, they really don't want to do nuclear war That's like a lot. But it's not that they're not willing to. They're willing to, but they would really prefer to get the big uh, mass mass culling of the species and world government under smoother, safer methods for them. Because by unleashing that beast of nuclear war, there is a lot of uncertainty. You don't control the parameters, and you destroy a lot of the things that you want to try to dominate in the new system, including potentially yourself. There's only so many yeah. – the bunkers only keep you so safe. You know? And if, if they really want a
0: technocracy, elaborate. I mean, there's just a few different types of new technologies that are controlled by a few locations and factories and corporations that if you yeah. get rid of them, it sets you back 50 years.
1: It's really – it's not – yeah, it's, they they would rather not do it. But again, I, I am concerned that a desperate, wounded animal is not a safer animal to be around. And um, a lot of their – um. A lot of their dirty, dirty games uh, are becoming more understood. You know, the, the mask is off. People are, are seeing what this thing is much more clearly, more clearly than I think ever before. And here I'm speaking about American people, uh, patriots across the transatlantic who are able to see the evil, the Satanists, the, the satanic nature of this thing more than they ever have in human history. And internationally, you know, like the those those leaders from Eurasia, from Iran, from China, from India, from from Russia. Uh, from across Africa, you know, uh, are looking at this thing saying, okay, we know what this is. (laughs) And uh, they're doing a, there's a decent fight across that, that involves collaboration amongst various cultures to do battle with this thing in defense of their people, which is, again, gives me hope, a lot of hope that I've never seen this before, Um, but it makes it dangerous. So yeah, maybe we could take this apart next week.
0: It's a big subject. It's the end game, you know, and they're, they're wargaming this out themselves. And so we, we got to figure this out because it could involve our nations and our people and our families. So we'll talk about that next week. Uh, there's links below. You can check out Matt and his work and his writings and his documentaries and get my breaking news updates at SeanMorganReport.com. God bless all you patriots. We'll see you next time.